everybody. Hope you guys are doing well today. This is the Ask LFC podcast. Uh, My name is Harrison Gilming. I am the worship arts director here at Lake Forest Church in Huntersville, and I'm feeling all weird today because I'm sitting here in our green room, again, looking out on a beautiful day uh, on Gilead Road here, and I I am sitting solo because we have a special episode for you guys today. Um, just a few months ago, if you can remember back, uh, in the world where you were allowed to like go outside and not be six feet away from people, uh, I had the opportunity to sit down here with one of our very, very good friends and mission partners, uh, an all around great guy who I have learned a lot from. And, uh, we have a lot in common as it comes to, uh, us being worship leaders and being very interested in music. Um, had a conversation with our friend Percy, and I wanted to take a sidestep from the normal programming and share that conversation with you guys. It's about worship and what it means to connect with God through music. Percy had some really, really neat stuff to say, and I hope that you enjoy it. I uh, have the honor today of sitting with a special guest and a friend of mine. Uh, he is he is here from how many thousand miles away? It, it's a long way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is Percy Maleba, who is a pastor in Zambia, and uh, over the past three years or so, has become a really good friend to us here at Lake Forest Church. So, uh, Percy, good to have you here. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, it's always uh, a refreshing and honor to be part of Lake Forest, and I love the tribe. You know, I love this clan. So how would you describe um, how would you describe what you what you do when you're in Zambia and your role? Because um, what I wanted to get some time and talk with Percy about a little bit today is specifically about uh, worship, and uh, that's a major part of what he does. So as you as you do your job, what you've been called to do, um, what does that look like for you? Well, thank you so much, Harrison. You know, um, we are a singing culture. And uh, our forefathers uh, who taught us how to sing, they used music to numb their pain. You know, like everyone talks about every song. And uh, we coming from a a mystic background, the folk religion aspect, where there is a lot of ancestral worship. So my role and my responsibility at the moment as I'm joining the Lord and what he's doing on the field is to teach on developing a biblical view of worship. What is worship uh, in terms of what uh, scripture talks about? Uh, is uh, You know, we live at a time when uh, there's a lot of, uh, I love celebrities, <laughs> and uh, there's entertainment and performance, but when it comes to uh, worshiping the Lord, that's a different uh, environment uh, and, and moment. And, it, and this is my simple uh, Percy observation. Mm-hmm. Music is like a painkiller. It's like medicine. You know, if you have a headache, you take aspirin, whatever you take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does not take the pain away. It just numbs it. It, it doesn't really bring you to a place where you get cured. By that I mean with some serious uh, chronic diseases. And so many people are comfortable with just doing music in your car everywhere you go, in a restaurant. 
But worship has a demand on us because it's all about intimacy, intimacy. Mm. So when the Lord, well, you are in the light, you know, John talks about the light. People love to be in the dark. When you're in the light, effective worship brings you to a place where uh, God exposes some things that are a hindrance to you to, to worship the Lord. Why does he do that? Because he is our healer. Jesus is our wounded healer. Worship brings healing. In a world of brokenness, in a, in a world of guilt, shame, and fear, when we come to know, to understand, to train that worship is healing and is, is what God is inviting us into, ultimately it is not missions, ultimately it is, uh, it, it is indeed worship. So the first time as you, when you do the survey of worship, you know, Abraham is telling his servants, you remain here. My son and I go yonder to worship the Lord. What has worship to do with sacrificing your own son? But what you see in that is the obedience. Abraham had to obey the Lord to sacrifice his son. And we hear Paul in Romans 12 gives us a glimpse of that. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So what I get out of this as I train these brothers and sisters and myself in this is that the, the backbone, the heart of worship is obedience. Yeah, I love in that passage that you just uh, mentioned is one I think about all the time where he says that, um, that you will not be conformed to the ways of the world, which is our, our, our culture is, uh, is similar when it comes to music in that um, usually, you know, it's just for people to enjoy or like that sounds nice. And sometimes we, sometimes we make a connection with music, but it is that painkiller rather than a healing thing. But, but Paul says that we should be transformed. Oh, yes. And not just the way that that happens is by, uh, the renewing of our mind. It's actually uh, taking something it, for, for us and for you and I and, and what we do as worship leaders. Um, it's taking this thing that people know, music, yep. and saying, um, let's, let's transform the way that we're approaching that so you can see it and hear it differently and know that um, it's God who's done all this. It's He who's who is who has created music for us to enjoy, and the the ultimate um, purpose of that is is to show us who He is and to help reconcile us to Him, to transform our mind and heal us that that way. That's a really neat way of looking at it that I hadn't thought about. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Harrison, it's uh, it's all about uh, worship. Uh, our culture has taught us to reduce worship to just a, a lyric. But you see, when you look at all the songs that we, we sing today, and uh, they are theological songs and they are other songs that just people write, songs are a result of an experience. Worship is a way of life. We are in a relationship with the Father. It is a love relationship. You know, you move from being a slave to, you're no longer a slave, you're my servant, you are my friends. Mm -hmm. 
and he takes you to the next level where you look at him as a lover because it's it's a question of love how how you love so when you have walked in obedience and sacrifice and the renewing of the mind constant renewing metamorphosis you are changing you know like a songwriter says when i look into your when i get into your look into your holiness gets into your love then all things that surround me become shadow in the light of you there's a decreasing going on there there's a, a more i no longer live but christ live there's an increase there's they begin to see a jesus in you so when you've been obedient enough i'll give an example you're going through a situation and you remain faithful in your christian walk you remain faithful in trusting the lord then the lord the holy spirit inspires a song of that experience and you write and say trust and obey there's no other way how do you get to a place where you say there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust in the Lord how do you come up with amazing grace you put to word your experience and here is a, is 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 a struggle uh is that uh, most of the songs that we listen to they've been born some out of brokenness out of situation and someone has spent time in the word and waiting upon the lord and in most cases we tend to listen to the songs without ourselves being broken then we miss the actual reality the actual life giving the actual healing that comes in worshiping the lord so what i'm saying in a sentence is worship is a way of life in that intimacy walk with the lord he heals us i think the thing that is hard about that um i want to for people but i'll say me i'm people for me <laughs> i would assume other like people so also yeah is that um it's really hard sometimes to to hold up that mirror oh yeah like like james says and you look you look in and when you don't like what you see, our first reaction is to just forget about that and move on. And that's the, that's the hard thing about uh, choosing to engage in worshiping God in more, in more than just singing and keeping it at a surface level and saying, oh, that's nice. And walking away feeling a little happier and... and and, and you know, oh, I got filled up with that. It's the, um, it's it's as we see who God is and He shows us who we are. That can be, uh, you know, hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's I, not easy I, to I, look I, at. And I, and I and I think it brings us to a place where we begin to deal with this one reality: Are we living our lives from our false view? of self out of the experiences of life the disappointments how do we define how do we uh, relate with god you know jesus had to reveal the father because this planet is full of orphans it's full of people that are struggling to understand who a father looks like how do you move from being a son 
or daughter to look at him as the father. So in worship, as we journey with him, he brings us to a place where we begin to see ourselves as the father sees us. Why should I think, have thoughts of myself that are different from the thoughts that the Father has for me. Hmm. How do I get to that place? I can only get to that. You know, I, I cannot feel and have sense that faith increases tension. You are in this world, but not of this world. How do you get anchored in expression, in expectations or in that? is when you worship the Lord. When you hold on to the grace, you hold on to Jesus. Your life is dependent on that and you, have, you allow him to heal us. You know, there's so much pain in this world. There's so much discouragement. There's so much divorce. And people are walking broken. So when they come on a Sunday service or in any presence, they, want, they are coming to their father. And it's only him that understands our pain, the wounded healer, the wounded savior. He says, I'm here with arms wide open. Just as you are, come. He will take us, receive us the way we are, but he will never leave us the same way he found us. And that's where the struggle is, to let go of what you are in love with. Our idols. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that um, one thing I I love about about music as a way of making that happen is that um, it's like just as obvious to me as as um, Percy and I right now are, are sitting here looking out and it's a a beautiful afternoon and the the sun is starting to set and the trees are blowing and I look at all those things and it's really easy for me to look and be like. That's awesome. God made that stuff. Um, I feel the same way about music where, where I hear that and I, and I'm just so thankful that, that that is something that he made and, and he made us to respond to and to react to. I heard, um, uh, pastor from up in New York, Tim Keller, who's written a lot of books says that, um, he says good art makes ideas plausible meaning when when we see uh when we hear a song or see a painting or uh when we see this piece of art that's been created when it's when it's beautiful and it's good we see it and it makes it easier for us to think that whatever that person's talking about is real and that i'm just I'm thankful for music in that regard and the way that God uses it to do what you're talking about in us because there's just something, there is something different about me sitting here and saying Waymaker, Miracle Worker, oh, yeah. Promise Keeper, oh, yeah. Light in the Darkness. And those are, those are words that are still true, but when you, when you just even with a voice, not even with a big band and guitars or drums or whatever, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you, and you hear that, it just it just hits differently and it goes somewhere else in you. I feel like what it does is I feel like it gets past some of the stuff that we 
put up to keep us from seeing in those mirrors. And it gets, it gets through some of those things and it gets right to where we feel a little bit more. You're, you're right, Charles. You see, there's sign language everywhere. When you look around, you can see that. There's too much noise also. And in music and in worship, as we walk with the Lord, it brings us to a place where can you hear his voice? Amidst all the noise that's suppressing all the other voices. So music brings you to a place where you pay attention to the little details hmm. of life. And, uh, you know, we talk about praise. Uh, back home in Africa, we, we can praise for hours. We love to dance. And, and that's why we, we're really talking about developing a biblical view of worship. But you see, praise uh, is retelling the story of the Father. It's like Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Well, look, I, I've come. I, I'm, I'm talking about what I know, what I've experienced, but people don't want to believe our testimony. And uh, it's, it's a question of will you stand, sit, kneel, and retell the story? But in the first place, have you heard the story? Hmm. What did Miriam do when they crossed the Red Sea? She retold the story. You know, out of the mouth of Beth, I've obtained, I've ordained established praise. In other words, strength. He's saying, look, uh, there's, uh, when we praise the Lord, when we worship the Lord, our strength is perfected. Is, uh, is, we, we get strength. Let the weak say that I am strong. You admit you are weak, mm -hmm. but because of his grace and because of your relationship with him in honesty and sincerity, you know he strengthens me. Mm -hmm. So when we pass through life of struggles, as we begin not just to listen to the skill and all these other things, but begin to truly get to a place where we worship him and enjoy, like what you say, the music hits the call, the soul, the call of your soul. And from there, out of that well, you gain strength. You know, you see, uh, back home, this is what I would say. We need to have a flood on a Sunday service. And uh, out of their bellies shall flow fountains of living waters. Mm. The question is from whose belly is the water coming from? We serve an audience of one. Yeah. It's from Jesus. At the center of it all, it is him. That everything about us remain focused on him. So we will retell the story. That's good stuff. Every time I talk to Percy, I learn so many things. <laughs> um, I have a funny story to share about the last Sunday that... Uh, the person I were leading together here at Lake Forest, and he brought us uh, a song called "At the Mention of Your Name," uh, Zambian worship song, and it was a blast to play. And we were rehearsing it for the first couple times, and uh, we were. I said, Percy, um, how should we end the song? And he kind of laughed, and he basically said, I don't know, because <laughs> he said, when we sing it, we just go and go and go and go and go. And uh, eventually we 
you know, had to, had to try and figure out a way to get there. So I, my question to you out of that is, um, when you, and you've been in, in both settings, uh, what's the first part, what's the biggest difference you see between how, how worship happens, um, in Zambia and here in North Carolina and what is the biggest thing you see that's the same? So what's the biggest difference and what's the biggest thing that you see in both places and say that's the same? Oh, I just want that's a very <laughs> catchy question. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you see, uh, when you love somebody, you look forward to being with them. And sometimes time doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And when you, you're in love with somebody, when you leave them, you long for the next time. It doesn't matter how much time you spend. That's what we share. Mm. And I f- pray that that's what uh, gets to the hearts of people. Whether you, you've timed your worship to an hour or 30 minutes, will you enjoy? Mm. Free yourself. Because you are with your lover, Jesus. Jesus is the lover of my soul. And that is key, Harrison, to us Africans that can, can dance for two, three hours and yeah. just enjoying. But the issue in that is that uh, your relationship really matters. Whether you do it for three hours or whether you do it for 30 minutes. It's, uh, I want to take it a little bit deeper in this. You know, we, we come in from a background of fear, shame and fear. And uh, fear has a way of crippling man. Uh, so to free yourself from that, allowing the Lord to rescue you from that, is to come to a place where to him that has been forgiven much, they love more. Yeah, I think we we struggle here. I mean, this is as a as a culture in general. Um, we get so there's so many things we have to get to and to do, and um, you know, we want to our our kid has this sport, and we want to go watch the football game, and there's there's so many things that for sure, like we start we for sure start feeling more of an itch, you know, as like, as, as something, anything goes longer. You know, I, I, I went to, my kids had a program at their school where they all sang songs and, you know, you're sitting in, in the hot gym with a bunch of other parents and it's going on and it's going on, it's going on. You're like, this is really nice, but whoo, come on, man. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I, I definitely think that's something that we, you know, that's one of our battles that we fight a lot is within how we're wired in our culture of saying, just like you said, how can we, with the time that we have and the time that when people walk into the doors of our church on Sunday, where we're assuming that they're at least somewhat making a decision to say either, number one, if they are a follower of Christ, that they're saying, I'm, I'm here because I want to learn and grow. I want to have an encounter with God and, and who he is. So they're telling us they want to do that. Or they might be somebody who says, I'm here to, to check that out and see what this is all about and watch 
what's happening and try and figure out whether this feels like it's something that's real to me or not. So in those moments, um, using our music and the stuff that God's given us to, to try and break through those walls to people and get, get, get to a point where we've left all the other stuff that happens all the time in our brains and, and just check that for a minute and try and without distractions, let ourselves walk up to the mirror and, and, and understand a little bit more of who God is. But that's definitely, it's not always easy because I think, I think we probably have more of a fear of silence. (laughs) And the other thing, uh, Harrison, to look at is uh, you see, we you are uh, in this guilt innocent culture, where I tend to feel that people are afraid to make a mistake, afraid to be offensive. Which I know you don't need to do that, but that shouldn't enslave somebody. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was uh, I stood on Sunday as I was trying to. My wife would say, "Well, you try to dance." And, whether you stand, you dance, or do whatever you want to do, the question in your mind to ask honestly is, do you think God is saying, don't lift your hand, Hmm. don't move a little bit, because if you do that, I'll slap you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's hard to let that stuff go. And also, side note, I've been married almost... 11 years and every time I've ever danced that's what my wife says well you try to dance <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they know but whichever way whichever way that we take this issue or mm-hmm. we, we look at it when you are in love nothing really matters yeah and worship I believe is a question of love how much do you love I always tell my children, I say, a heart that forgives much, loves more. He's our father. He wants us to enjoy his presence. He knows our personalities. He knows who we are. But all he sees our hearts. And I'll open our way to him because let's not close up to the father. Just because we live in an environment where you close up to other people. Because if you get so consumed by the closing up, you end up closing yourself to the Father who's calling you just as you are, just as I am. He picked me as I was. He never looked at what was going on around me. He says, I love you. I love you. And do I understand the definition of love? Can I truly receive the love? My last point is uh, when we say, let us magnify the Lord. Hmm. It feels like we are trying to enlarge the Lord. Hmm. When it's the other way around, let's create capacity, space for him in us. Hmm. Because in him we live, we move and have our being. Without him, there is no us. He's reliable. He's dependable. What does the songwriter say? No mountain he won't climb. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is no darkness he won't light up. 
You don't have to carry those burdens anymore. There's a light in the darkness. And there's a love that is true. And Jesus is saying, come. And will you come? That's all I hear as I worship the Lord. He's saying, Pessy, come. Well, if you're not excited right now to go get ready to sing, I don't know how to help you. Because <laughs> I'm like, all right, when's Sunday again? Let's get going, man. Uh, Percy, thanks, man, for taking some time to sit down with me. I have, um, I have one last question for you before we wrap up. Okay. What is the, uh, what is the, what is the food that we eat all the time that you've eaten here when you're in the States that it seems like we like that you eat it and you're like, that is just gross and it's not my favorite one. I don't know how you guys do that. What is that for you here uh, when you visit? Oysters. Oysters. Oh, I think those are gross too, but yeah. <laughs> and mussels. Oh, and mussels? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, the first time that I was given a privilege to test, I, I had to rethink my cross-cultural understanding and reception and say, well, Lord, I know, I, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that moment for me... Um, and I've, it was just a it was just a shock at the time. And if it happened again, I wouldn't be as shocked. But when when I was, may, it might have been that same trip um, that you and I talked about earlier, that where I realized God was calling me to ministry. But on that trip, we went to somebody's house. It was in Peru, and they served us uh, soup, and there were chicken feet bobbing <laughs> inside the soup, and I'm like. What are you even supposed to do with oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> like for flavor, do you eat it? I don't. Have you ever had chicken foot soup before? Is that a, is that a thing? Uh, well, I I have indeed. Uh, okay. And uh, what should I have done with the foot? Do you eat the foot? Of course, that's why it's in the plate. Oh man, oh. <laughs> I couldn't eat the foot. Yeah, and you 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 know these. Uh, uh, I think one of the uh, challenges of of missions is to expose us to diversity of ethnic groups and oh yeah and sure. and also drawing us to maybe a little glimpse of what God is trying to teach us when he's talking about every tribe every tongue language will come and be at the throne room of the father it's not just coming to the throne room of the father it's also the cultural issues that are there mm-hmm. as we go those are cultural shocks that we experience. And then uh, for me, it deals with me to look at my level of appreciation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If others can eat those legs and call it, wow, I had a good meal. And Oh, for sure. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, believe me, <laughs> I I had plenty of those moments. And, and over time of going and, and being on trips, you know, you're what you're used to and what you're willing to try and what you have your eyes open to. And even in those moments, as we talked about afterwards and laughed a little, but I was like, somebody made that meal for us. And there was a lot of our 20 people on our team. And it probably, you know, cost them a pretty good amount of money to feed all of us this giant meal. And we try and learn and be thankful and appreciative for everything we have. But I still, uh, it's, it's the other thing to look at it. Uh, you know, food 
has always been used like other things as a as an acceptance mm -hmm. to went to a place where they gave us water in a dirty cup. It's a test. Mm -hmm. If you want to show us Jesus, mm -hmm. you bring the gospel. But do you accept us as we are? And that has been a hindrance of many cultures, of many people groups coming to Christ because... I'm not talking about not being, being healthy, not being careful. That's what I'm talking about. Is that when you plan to go cross-cultural, you need to make an inventory. You need to look into those things and be careful. It's learning a vocabulary on how do I say no mm -hmm. without discouraging this person from receiving Christ. Because if I, they cannot see Jesus, they see me. Mm -hmm. If I don't seem to accept them the way they are, how will the Jesus they cannot see really accept them? Yeah. Well, I will make you a promise. When I come visit you, if you feed me a soup that has chicken feet in it, I will eat those chicken feet right there with you with a big smile on my face, man. I give you a promise as a man. I'll hold on to that word. All right. <laughs> so we're going to have fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to having you around, my friend. Me and too. My brother. It's, good. It's, uh, it's going to be a good time of worship and life, life experience and living life together and learning from each other. Iron sharpens iron. Yep. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and thanks for the privilege, opportunity to just be here. I, I always look forward to, to being with you and, I learn a lot. Awesome. We do too. All right, Percy, appreciate it, man. Uh, everybody, thanks for hanging with us for all this stuff. Hope you guys uh, learned a little bit more some today as we talked about what it means to be worshipers of God. So whenever whenever we get Percy back um, here in the States again, or hey, I'll bring it out there with him, and we'll, we'll have a conversation in Zambia, and I'll bring it back. Uh, but always good to sit down with you, man. All right, thank all you right. so much, and thank you for listening to us.